Welcome to Ready Layer One, a crypto podcast that focuses on the Near and Aurora ecosystem. Our weekly news update that's powered by Near Week, where we also talk yep. about Near protocol and also the Aurora ecosystem. Joe, good to see you. Good seeing you. Yeah, we we, we got a few things on on our on our plate this week. Uh, we jump into you jumped into the town hall a bit, uh, yep. which included the uh, Open Forest protocol uh, and some things from there. Yeah, then I ch- chatted a little bit about the meta governance protocol, which I called the mega governance, but I kind of feel it works. <laughs> like it's because if you <laughs> haven't both ju- good. Yeah, if you haven't jumped into DAOs, uh, it's a much bigger conversation, but it's good that it's starting. Feels you mega. Know. It does, man. DAOs always feel mega. Yeah, we uh, we we then also chatted about Nearpay a little bit. Uh, in you know, and they're releasing it in Europe. Yeah, and then near Fireblock, near and uh, Fireblocks partnership, which is a custodial. What is it? Uh, provides custody facility? I don't know. What is that what it is? Yeah, it's a, it's a financial custodian, yeah. Yeah, it's a financial thing for DeFi that's pretty big and yeah. awesome. Yeah, institutional investor type of thing, yeah. Yeah, and then we go off on gaming. Oh, we gaming, excited for gaming. And there's yep. some gaming coming down the pipeline. And uh, this week it was a partnership with Dual Network. Yeah, that, that, that kicked off a nice conversation about gaming. And then we uh, we jumped into some conversation about, you know, the wallet and, and near overall and uh, what's going on with, with, with that. And uh, that's the news for this week. Absolutely. And uh, we just kind of kept more conversational this week. So I hope you guys enjoy. Yeah. It's sort of like a town hall, but it's more about just like climate and Web3. I kind of listened to the first 15 minutes and it kind of repeated. Yeah. It's, it's those three projects, which I like. And I think the reason we could talk about it first is just talking about like things being built. Like how I, I think there's like something about like a narrative where people like crypto Twitter has an asymmetric amount of volume and noise for NFTs. Sure. Where there's like real projects being built on near. Oh, yeah. And even on Ethereum, like if you took out the wash trading and bots. The NFT numbers would be I don't think it collectively in the entire industry would be over 10 million a day. They're way, they're way, way lower. So, Joe, one thing that happened this week is uh, introducing Cornerstone, the meta governance protocol of the Near ecosystem. So this, okay, before I talk about this, there's a couple articles in Medium on this, and you should read the intro to a DAO first off, because DAOs are one of those things that are like complex and kind of not dry, but it's like a structure. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It seems, and they're still kind of early, so kind of confusing. So it'd be good to read that. And then you read the meta governance one, which is uh, interesting in the sense that it's like, a guess like a, you know, I don't even know if I could talk about this, Joe, like it's too complex. Like what's a, like a DAO already is confusing. And now this one has like corn token that you can stake. You can all also have like different assets, tokens and stable coins. And that's what makes it the like meta governance. I think yeah. I could even called it mega governance because it's meta governance, but <laughs> it's, yeah, it's even more complex than a regular DAO. But I think even though I don't know like the structure of it or really how all the details are, I think the important thing is that in the future, DAO or a DAO structure or something similar to a DAO will be needed to for this in a decentralized place. So I'm just glad that there are smarter people bringing it to Near and partnering and going with Near. Yeah, I, I you know I am certainly not an expert in, in DAOs or fully no. understand it. Uh, the I will say though I do know enough to say that people are often misrepresenting DAOs and they don't really and what they think is a DAO sometimes is not really one um and I also 
think that it's good to learn to see where it does actually fit because there are probably situations where you think you need a DAO when you probably shouldn't have one. And there are probably situations where maybe a DAO would actually be the better fit for what you're trying to do. And so it'd be good to, to learn and understand it. Uh, but that's definitely, DAOs are definitely one of those topics that is widely misunderstood. I think we could almost talk about like a larger theme that is coming. Like I, I know people say GameFi is going to be the next run, but seriously, gaming is being built out. And gaming is like NFT 2.0 because NFTs, you can like spin up an NFT, mint it within like two weeks. Mm-hmm. A game, you have to make a game, which is going to be already more time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you and I were starting to reach out and some of these companies starting to reach out to us. And we're going to start interviewing some of them. And and these aren't like small games. These are major AAA game. Like some of them are like game platforms, you know, mm-hmm. we have major ties and already current gaming system, esports, things like that. So I think gaming is coming to to near. Mm-hmm. And you can see, I mean, there's a couple like uh, charts out there that we'll link to that show how many games are in being like prepped, you know, being made. And yeah, uh, Dual Network is something that just got a grant. So from what I look at Dual Network, it's like a soccer game, but it's, that's just one application of it. It's originally a Binance coin, you know, Binance Smart Chain, but they're mm-hmm. expanding. So it's interesting that they're expanding to Near, and then they even cited the layer two of Near, which is Aurora EVM. Yeah. So that. I really like that a project of this like scale will also include the Aurora. And so then understanding how to leverage that. Yeah. I, you know, and what I like a lot about these type of things is again, like I, it's, I think we say a lot, and I will keep saying it. It's not always about making something that everyone's going to love or everyone, or it's going to be an immediate hit. But as these different gaming and different projects try these different things, it's going to continue to spark some innovation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it it could be where, again, this maybe this is an example of something that maybe doesn't necessarily need a blockchain. You know, I think it's it's play to earn, but some people are kind of anti play to earn and don't always understand that. I, I, I get some of that hesitation, especially around gaming. But as more of these games try to really integrate components of of crypto that are maybe a different experience than your traditional gaming uh something something is going to come out of it that's going to blow everyone's minds it might not be this year but it's it it, they got you got to keep trying and doing different things to get to that point yeah and there's tens if not hundreds of games coming I saw a a list of potential games that were in conversations with coming to near, and this was a couple. This is about a month old now, mm-hmm. but I mean that the the list alone was almost like four dozen different games. You know, yeah, like and I've seen some game footage of some of these games, and it's like, oh, this is a real game. I don't know about you, but so the NFTs have been really kind of doing their thing for like the last eight months, right? And in playing in that world now i see like okay now if i like kind of do the game theory on games it like makes way more sense to have an nft in that space because you really see like the the use case for nfts and i i I like that i think that's going to be a a great way for a lot of like say non-crypto people to understand why an nft yeah i mean there there is always the pushback you know in gaming around like 
you know, well, like I don't want an NFT in my game because, you know, like I don't want to have to pay and I don't want speculation tied to it. And so I, I, I get that piece of it, but mm-hmm. it, I think as, again, as these games start to figure out what the right model is to use some of this stuff and the games that then figure out of maybe it's like, yeah, maybe you did pay for this NFT and it's not about maybe being able to resell it later. But like something as simple, like what we're seeing, like, you know, we just interviewed near future, how you can upgrade it by possibly burning it and transferring it, you know, or maybe, you know, going out and collecting more to have a set of something versus just having to buy because I think everyone thinks of money right away. But like, what about trading NFTs, right? Like, what if it becomes more of like a trading card thing? And now, like, maybe it's like a Magic the Gathering or a Pokemon, and you're trading them to complete sets versus selling. And so all that's, you know, I, I think that, the, again, the technology often gets a bad rap by people who are not in the space because they instantly go to mm-hmm. money and Ponzi and speculation. But mm-hmm. it's like, well, maybe the technology can be used a little bit differently. So I, I'm very excited to see what could come in the, you know, the next year or two with these games. Totally, dude. I'm I'm super excited. Uh, yeah. And in order for these games to work, you need to have a solid blockchain, right? Mm-hmm. Like the 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 rails, the road has to be really solid. So, yeah. And I think that's where near. I'm sure a lot of these games are coming to near because they look at it and they're like, oh, okay. If I'm gonna make a bet, let's bet here. Right. Right. Which is, I think that's like the most important thing. I think like with today's episode is that all the news is just about like stuff is being built on like a ground level to then really fill out the near ecosystem. It's awesome to see, man. It really is cool to see. Yeah. And and, and there's really innovative things that are, are coming to near that I think that are probably, you know, happening, you know, not necessarily all fully out in the open and being mm-hmm. talked about as much as maybe they should. Um, but I know we talked about it on, uh, a, a upcoming really you know to be released episode about something as simple as like you know the transaction fee you know again even yeah. though it's super low on near being able to be paid not by the user but by the smart contract owner yeah. and like that just changes the whole engagement and everything because now all of that stuff of having to worry about you know different authentication with your wallet and all these different things and all that stuff, it starts to go away a little bit and because I don't have to always pay a gas fee every time. And like, those are the innovations that are probably happening with some of these bigger projects of saying, Oh, near is bringing this near is going to do this. Oh, near is going to scale horizontally with sharding. Okay. You know, things like that. Exactly. And then a company that's like a real big company with major money is like, okay, we we earmark X amount of money to pay gas fees. And it's still, we if we have 500,000 users, it's still not going to. Think about the bunch. Exactly. Right. And especially for companies that have like major capital and money. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Super stoked to see that kind of coming. Um, and then, oh, Nearpay, Joe. We talked about Nearpay a while back. It says it's now ready in Europe. Yeah, Nearpay is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've actually uh, actually talked to some of the guys separately, not for the show, just separately about some stuff of like what their long-term vision is. And really, again, if you've seen some of the other crypto-based cards out there, you know, uh, it's one of those things where like there's something you can pay with like 
I think Coinbase does one, right? Like you can you can have your crypto on it or whatever else, and you can pay with crypto. But again, it's getting converted to fiat when you're paying. You're not actually paying somebody yeah. with Bitcoin. But again, like NearPay is trying to leverage some of that. And what is exciting about some of this is that if you are heavy in the ecosystem, if you are accumulating near, if you do have a bunch of near, if you're using it regularly, and then you go out into, let's say, you know, go to the grocery store and you can now still spend that. Mm -hmm. uh, and you don't have to then worry about the transition of, I got to go to an exchange, I got to switch it to fiat. You have all of that at your disposal. Wow. And the other thing is, I think what we've seen with Near, and again, this is not financial advice by any means, but like wow. Near has been a fairly steady token over time, you know? And so, like, it's again, you know, when everything dipped, yeah, it dipped, but it's been kind of riding the same wave. When it was riding higher, it was kind of always riding the same wave. So, there is, there seems to be some stability. So, I think I would probably feel more comfortable spending near uh to, to fiat than i would probably with other tokens but it's gonna be interesting yeah and that's another thing it's another like foundational thing being built on near like mm -hmm. man in in crypto i don't know about you joe for non-financial advice and i might even cut this but like there is rarely a time in crypto that i've seen where it's like this asymmetric of like knowledge to quality to price mm -hmm. right like like there's a couple of cryptos that have like kind of gotten popular that are fine, whatever they're fun to play with. And near like isn't really as known, maybe, but man, it is like the people who know know. And it's mm -hmm. just keep building those foundation blocks. Like I I think it's just such like stepping in luck that like not too many people have hit near because you want like they haven't even done the sharding yet. Like yeah. you're in the middle of stake wars right now. That's not even launched. They're in phase zero out of four or five, you know. Right. They're, they're not even on phase one. Right. I don't want 10 million people coming to near right now, crashing it because it's not built. Right. Like, I think a lot of people have this mindset of like, oh, web two, like Facebook. Yeah. But Facebook came after MySpace, which came after Friendster, which came after like AIM, which came out, you know, like it's this like, like we're comparing like a 40 year ecosystem in web two to a few year ecosystem web three. And it's like, no, they're not one to one because you're still building the foundation. Right. And yeah, it, it, you're yeah. building all of that, right? And, and again, and I don't know all of the ins and outs of yeah. like how NearPay is going to actually work. Um, again, it's European, European only first to start, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure it's some regulation thing. But, you know, again, like if you think about what crypto could maybe do for people, especially those who, you know, are having issues with banking or don't trust banking, you know, whatever else. And now crypto is becoming your your bank and your financial thing. There is the reality of that you still have to go into the real world and spend cash. Yeah. And so if this is now a gateway to you being able to treat crypto more as your own assets, truly. And now I can though still inter interact with the, you know, I guess, outside world what that wants fiat. That's a, that's a really interesting proposition. Dude, that's that's like you know people want the bankless belief you know but man you like being able to like i always say people like well the hardest thing in crypto is getting the crypto right because you've got to transfer money from a bank that takes a couple of days they have to right. approve it that takes five days that takes this that takes a like there is no better uh reaffirmation of why you should 
get crypto than if you're trying to get crypto and having to deal with like a traditional banking system to get crypto. Because then you're like, then you get crypto and it's like, oh, I need to transfer this much in here, less than a couple seconds. And it's like, oh, I didn't have to wait five days. You know, it's pretty wild. We, we, we could go on for, for, for yeah. tons of time. But I mean, if you've ever, you know, again, another great example that people should, I think is more relevant to more pe- most people. If you ever had to transfer money, whether it was for like a mortgage thing or whether it was for somebody doing work for you or you the one you did some work and someone was going to ACH you money, <clears throat> whatever it might be. I, and you have to go through that process of jumping through hoops, making sure verifying, mm-hmm. probably paying extra fees. And then you have the opportunity to sometime make a large transaction with crypto from to somebody. And you see it happen in seconds without the overhead. Without the big cost, it, it 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 you're it's like it's almost funny like it's like it's like I can't believe, you know that this yeah. is working like this, and that's the piece again, it, as it, if people really want to see where crypto can come into play is if you can get that standardized and get people thinking that way, that can really be a game changer. Oh, do you want to touch base on the the wallet news that happened? Yeah, let's talk about wallets. Yeah, so go for it. Let's talk about wallets. Yeah, so uh, kind of like quasi unofficial news, official news uh, in the near ecosystem is the transition from uh, the near foundation essentially hosting the main wallet to a, a group spun out that's called My Near Wallet. Uh, it is, and they're going to be now in control of you know that code base and deployment. It's still open source. They're not changed. They're not, not going closed source, but the main web wallet, which we have touted and been, you know, uh, spoke very highly of, uh, is essentially kind of like changing hands. And I'll put like air quotes, changing hands in a sense. So uh, this is big news for a couple of different reasons. One, uh, it it's continuing the ethos that Near has talked about of decentralization. Near as a, as a, foundation and as a it's not a company of nonprofit uh has been adamant about trying to decentralize not just the network but the entire protocol ecosystem as best and as fast as possible and so when they feel the time is ready they have spun things out uh so you know near foundation now is is a complete nonprofit the group that helps you know support the network part and you know, the uh, initial four shards, Pagoda, you know, so like that was spun out. That's its own thing. Right. And so all these things, you know, proximity, which is supporting DeFi. These are all things that have spun out. So now the wallet has now the thing that has come up, though, is that there has been a lot of confusion around what's actually happening. And this is an area that uh, if you're going to be critical about near on anything it's about some of this communication stuff because it caused like a mini panic in some people and it it definitely has caused a lot of confusion about like what this actually means who is in control of what you know uh, what's that going to do for other wallets does it become anti-competitive all of these different things uh what we know today about it is and i think there's a couple important pieces that everyone should be aware of Number one, nothing is changing from that actual code base. It's staying open source. Uh, you can see everything that's going on. You can still contribute to it. 
uh, all of those things. So it's the web wallet is how it is. What's happening is that it's changing domains. So it will no longer be on the, the near.org. It will eventually be just mynearwallet.com. So it'll be part of that. Near My Near Wallet uh, does have the opportunity to kind of build out some new features. They are the, the main custodian of it. And so I'm sure they're going to try to innovate on it. But that, that web wallet will always be there. Uh, and what's the, I think the thing that Near is now trying to push more is the wallet selector. Okay, so they're saying, you know, we don't want to be the one that is hosting the main wallet because we don't want everyone just to come to us and forget other wallets. It's actually, people thought it was being anti-competitive because it was like giving this other group an advantage. But really what it's actually doing is giving, I guess, non-foundation-based uh, wallets a better opportunity. And so they push something called the near selector. So uh, developers can add in the near select. You've probably seen it if you use other chains like Solana. You see a lot of different choices where people can go in. You can pick Phantom or whatever other different ones, yeah. you know, things like that. What you got here, though, is now anyone can submit to the near selector, wallet selector, and oh. you can go in. And now if, if, a, if a dev uses that, you when you hit login, you'll get that choice of all the different available wallets. So... Uh, we've talked about a few that are coming down the pipe here, um, and those will all have the opportunity to be part of that, right? And so it's not nice. it's not really anti-competitive. The challenge will still continue to be, though, of like, you know, where do you send people first for onboarding? And I think that's going to always be a, a little bit tricky for some people of like, because there is no other large you know i guess known well-known chain that is using a web wallet like this that near does and that is a big selling point and that is something that is really interesting to integrate especially into web-based apps yeah. and so that's going to be interesting but because again now it, it's it's no longer under the foundation if you want to build your own web wallet you know web-based wallet uh for near you are more than welcome to uh, and if you, if you probably have a better shot of it getting adoption mm -hmm. than you did previously because it's no longer under the dot org. That's a, that's awesome, Joe. Like that, that right there, that, that little run you had right there is like, wow, that's a, that was super important. <laughs> you know, I love that stuff. Cause it's like, you know, cause the, the, the sort of crypto space that was like, wait, what are they doing? And it's really the opposite. They're like, Hey, let's make it where, you know, competition decentralized. Yeah, I mean, and this is uh, uh, it brings up the other topic that I think is important, you know, and it's not necessarily news for this week, but I think just news in general, you know, we, we are very positive towards near, but near has some areas that could really improve. Yeah. And uh, I, I and I've said it on on Twitter, I've been I've been vocal about it in other places, you know, some of the visibility and the messaging uh, does get lost or doesn't happen. And that is an area that needs to improve. Um, and I get that it's it can maybe be hard at times, especially as you're trying to focus on decentralization. Mm. But it's an area that needs to to really improve because there is a lot of like we talked about the top of the show, great stuff happening that is maybe going to get lost in the shuffle because that messaging isn't really you know getting out there as well as it should. Well, and this is a podcast that we should do in the future, really, which is about marketing. That's like my expertise, right? And so 
how do you market a decentralized project? Like, well, who who's in charge of marketing a platform? It's a very weird concept to market, right? And if you're not, if you're decentralized, you don't have like an internal comms team, maybe that then touches base with the product marketing team, which then is also with the global campaigns team and also the the marketing programs team, and then the sales funnel. Like, there's so much, yeah. There's so much in like, and this is a, a, a basic tech company of a couple, you know, a couple like a thousand people. Right. And where is that? Like, in order to get all this out, I mean, they've been doing a great job. Where, where Near does really good marketing is their conferences, and mm-hmm. their conferences are. I used to be a little like not super into conferences from marketing standpoint because I'm like all digital, like let's do content, retarget, yeah. create topic clusters, stuff like that. But now, as I've seen them, conferences do. A couple of things that I really knows what Near is doing. Near is attracting talent, mm-hmm. and that is that is the war right now across all these layer ones. How do you get the talent, the devs, and like, look at what they're doing with staking wars. They're they're, well, I mean, we should do a whole thing on that. But they, you guys can go check out AVB's doing a staking war thing. That's just kind of like one big competition to get talent to come in. Yeah, like that's what it is. You need talent, and I think conferences bring in talent, uh, mm-hmm. and they do a lot of that. Where I don't know, and that might be the better use of their money, because dollar for dollar, where does like a decentralized chain benefit from awareness of uh, projects, right? Like, I think they focus on creating the greatest project that they can. It's still early days. And then maybe shift to onboarding users only. Like, that should be their only two areas, really. And then each individual project is in charge of their own marketing. Like if it's getting lost in the shuffle, it's because the project's not doing the marketing. Like Sweatcoin yeah. needs to market. Uh, you know, all these projects that are building need to market themselves and bring in users for themselves. And it should just be Near's job to make the best decentralized platform. 100%, yeah. And it's hard. It's it's super hard. It's a paradox kind of in a weird way right now. Yep. And some yep. chains very much just try to bring in as many users as possible. And I think they're getting in some sticky situations because of that. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, it's something that we have to just definitely keep an eye on uh, long term. Fireblocks. Did you see that? Yeah. So we, we talked about BitGo uh, yep. last week, two weeks ago. So this is another one of those. I mean, these are the moves that I like. This is like on years. Like, this is like a big thing because this is all about institutional. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's a custodial uh, group. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, and those are. Right, it's that's where you know really big hedge fund type money. Uh, they they go into these custodial things. They don't go into, they don't just like host their own single wallet. <laughs> no, exactly. So you have that, yeah. and then man, the the hidden gem of near. I mean, people are trying to figure it out. Is the is the DeFi? I mean, yeah. that Aurora near DeFi space is sweet, and it's starting to get. You can see the uh, total volume locked is getting higher and higher. But once that really gets like ironed out and like a little bit of time has passed since this previous mm-hmm. sort of crash. Mm-hmm. And and you'll know from this previous crash, all the DeFi stuff has done relatively well. And the centralized stuff got wrong. Not all of it, but a lot of it. So I think yep. it's just another thing that's like sleeping giant. Putting the blocks in the space. So I thought that was a really cool little bit of news that might have gotten past. Few and far marketplace is launching. I think we, we chatted about that. Um, awesome, man. So let's, uh, great talking to you, Joe. Yeah, good talking to you. I mean, uh, Have a good week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Ready Layer One is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose.
You should not make any decision, financial investment, trading, or otherwise based on any of the information presented in this podcast without undertaking independent due diligence and consultant and consultation with a professional broker or financial advisory.